When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Talk Tuners. Lately, I've been making some positive changes in my life, but it definitely wasn't easy, nor did it happen overnight. With the help of talk therapy, I've been able to grow and unlearn behaviors and beliefs that were causing me to feel stuck. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And special offer to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash Steph and Steph. That's betterhelp.com slash Steph and Steph. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, part two of our Elvis series. I'm Stephanie Benya and I'm we are glad you're here. For any newcomers, our show focuses on our love for music and the adventures associated with it that has shaped our lives. In case you missed episode one, be sure to go back and listen. We discuss Elvis's legacy, fandom, myths, and facts with our personal spin. Of course. Today, we are focusing on Elvis's hit, Suspicious Minds. Enjoy. One thing in general, when I think of Elvis, you always think hits, right? Hits, hits, yeah. hits. He's using... He's the king of rock and roll. He's got all these hits. Well, <laughs> you educated me on the top stream for Elvis. Yeah. And I'm still sitting here like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had so many hits and we'll get into those, but the top uh, streaming hit from Elvis by kind of a landslide is Suspicious Minds. We're caught in a trap. 
which is uh, definitely, yeah, later part of his career. So I thought this was really interesting when I found this out. And Suspicious Minds was written by Mark James in 1968. He co-wrote Always On My Mind, uh, which we talk about briefly in a previous episode. It's a song that's essentially about a love triangle. Mark James was playing on his guitar. He came up with a melody. The story is based on um, his actually personal experience. He was married but had feelings for his childhood sweetheart. He was also married and his wife was suspicious of him. And he felt all three of them were, quote, caught in this trap that they couldn't walk out of. Oh, good lyric. What are we going to do? We're going to write suspicious <laughs> minds. So, <laughs> so the song captures, uh, yeah, that, that trusting and mistrust and what they needed to do to move on. So I thought that was so interesting. And then Mark did his own country take, which wasn't a hit, but Elvis's was. And that was very interesting to me. It came 1969. Elvis really came back onto the scene after his uh, time away, the military and making movies, came back in the 1968 comeback special, which is awesome. If you've never seen it, it's a televised concert of him. Uh, it aired on broadcast. It aired on NBC and he had not performed live for seven years. He was doing movies. And so he hated that he was out of the musical loop. Uh, and so he was like, this is going to be my special. Go watch it. It's easily streamable. It's Elvis in like black leather for most of it. It's really, really cool. And it kind of marked Elvis taking back some of his autonomy. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Suspicious Minds did too, one year later. And Elvis recorded that in 69 against uh, Colonel Tom's wishes regarding process. Um, he was recording it for his uh, Elvis in Memphis album. Yeah, this guy's gone through a lot. He played a studio producer named Chips Moman. And Chips said, hey, I played this record. And Elvis was just crazy about it. He wanted to hear it over and over. He learned it on the spot. And I guess what had happened was Colonel Tom said, I want to obtain publishing rights and my usual cut of the song. And he threatened to stop Elvis's recording. And Elvis basically said, screw you. He went ahead with this recording against Colonel Tom's wishes. And he recorded the song. They said it was between four and seven in the morning as he was making the song. So I thought that was a very interesting kind of marked an era of Elvis's departure. Yeah. Um, and kind of coming into himself after being told, it's like, you need to make movies for kind of a really long time. Mm -hmm. So I think this song is really interesting on a number of fronts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, man. I'm still mind blown, y'all. Completely mind blown. Because when I think Elvis... I think of as black and white and I go when, when TV was black and white, right? We yeah. didn't have color back then. Um, I wasn't even alive. But anyway, during that <laughs> time, he's singing, you know, Hound Dog. He's, you know, Heartbreak Hotel. I thought that was number one. This really was like, what? 
talk tuners. Seriously, so much blew me like out of the water. Like what the hell? I didn't even know the song. Stephanie had to play it for me. And I'm like, oh yes, there's the title alone. I'm like what's suspicious minds? I'm not, I'm not the Elvis fan. So for folks on the line that aren't the Elvis fans, um, Colonel Tom, Stephanie's mentioning Colonel Tom. That was his manager. He yeah. was like the manager from hell. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, no. And he played he played a really prominent role in Elvis's life, even to the point of marrying Priscilla, man. Like he was like, this is your image. This is what needs to go down. So I mentioned like, you know, they met when she was 14. He was 24. Yeah. They didn't get married until she was 21. She had Lisa Marie at 23. And supposedly, I mean, that it is documented, it is known that Elvis did you know, mess around on Priscilla, but he'd make sure that his other partners weren't mothers. And it's Ooh. just like, yeah. And he liked Priscilla because, it, <laughs> cause he could train her. Yeah. That it, I got, no nah, man. So anyway, so he was just, think about this though, just the time and then being managed by this guy, Colonel Tom, cause he was crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but I mean, Elvis has like so many hits, dude. I mean, starting in the fifties, um, uh, Steph, you, you did research on that one. Yeah. So we know him from these radio hits is a 14 big chart toppers were heartbreak hotel. Don't be cruel. Love me tender. I'll shoot up teddy bear. Jailhouse rock. Don't a big hunk of love stuck on you. <laughs> now or never. Are you lonesome tonight? Surrender. Good luck charm and suspicious minds. So really was this, if you just think about it as like this spectrum of when his hits were coming, there's just this time where you would hear him constantly on the radio, whatever you turned on. So it's, you know, important to be like, this, this was what you were hearing. There wasn't uh, there wasn't TikTok. There wasn't other forms of the internet. If you turned on a radio or television, like you knew who Elvis Presley was. He was literally yeah. everywhere. And that's exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, like I said, it spanned several decades. He started uh, with his very first song, That's All Right, Mama, in 1954. Everything changed after mm-hmm. that point. I'm just going to give some more additional context here, too. He, Elvis grew up in poverty in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. It was, uh, he like lived in a, he lived in a shack. He dreamed of stardom, but he didn't know how to get there. He was actually an identical twin. His twin brother, Jesse, died at birth. Interesting things that I was reading. There's psychologists talking about uh, Elvis's twin's death at birth was a tragedy that triggered a process that made his dead sibling the bedrock, the singular driving force in his life, a restless spirit who eventually haunted all of Presley's relationships. Wow. Wow, right? So it's like we're thinking about how did he become this person? And you have... Uh, your experiences shape you and make you right. And this one yeah. definitely shaped Elvis, definitely shaped Elvis and his different biographers have talked about that. They said Elvis would visit his grave sometimes to talk to his brother, Jesse. They also said he felt lonely, guilty for his brother's death. And Crazy. yeah, yeah. It's really nuts when you think about it. So yeah. And then one of them said uh, the loss of his twin haunted Elvis forever. That's something that I found too. So, I need to read more into that. That is so interesting. I had no right? idea that he had a twin. What? Yeah. Fascinating. This is wild. I know. And you just think about it. It's like nobody's experiences are separate from who they end up becoming, right? So yeah. yeah. I read about that. I'm like, my mind, you know, every time I think about him and 
I grew up and how he grew up without that kind of maybe half of himself, um, how that may have affected things. So anyway, I'm speculating a little bit at this juncture, but I often think about how that experience might have driven him and his life and the trajectory mm-hmm. his life took, right? And maybe is part of what drove him to remove himself from the circumstances, what drove him to music, which is, mm-hmm. I think, as important as who he ended up being in the music world, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think about all that. It's like, that is his, that is part of his backstory. So mm-hmm. if we go back to this chart tower, that's all right, mama, right? It's 1954. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this story starts with Sam Phillips and Sun Records, a uh, good old Sun Records label. And Sam was over there. He wanted to discover a new sound. And mm-hmm. his goal, uh, in his own words, he wanted to blend the best of black music and the best of white music. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sam Phillips biography, he talks about, he was like, how do I, how do I find a connection uh, between the races? And how do I create that in a person? Like he was looking for yeah. a particular person, right? As this producer, which was fascinating to me. So he was talking to his assistants. He's like, how do I find someone? He's like, I think he needs to, I think he needs to be white. I think this guy could have bridged the gap. Mm-hmm. How do I find somebody? Literally was looking for someone. He said, if I could mm-hmm. find somebody who marries both cultures, maybe I could make a billion dollars. Yeah. And well, um, he almost got there. So he heard <laughs> the song. he's in the studio. Somebody comes in, records the song without you. It's this kid who stopped by the previous summer. He cut what was called a personal record mm-hmm. for his mom's birthday for $4. And that kid was Elvis Presley. And he was 19 years old. When he, Holy shit. In 1954, when he came into Sun Studios. So, you know, you just think about how uh, how he was, that stage was ready for him almost. And Sam's over here looking for somebody. He's like, oh, well, this guy, this guy is going to do real well and what I'm looking for. Fascinating how these things are set up, right? It is. This is just like mind blowing, dude. Crazy. Just totally Crazy. <sighs> Yeah. I don't even, I'm just, I'm just over here. Just kind of just, wow. I just got educated too. So man, this is super nuts, but, um, and just think about thinking about superstar just in that general, cause you know, in general sense of what we think about it now. Right. So we have big stars. You got your Britney Spears, you have, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I still think Britney Spears off the bat, but I think really major big stars, whatever. There's sure. a ton of them. I'm having a brain fart right now. Sure. Um, but and they're expected to be this certain way. That's crazy. So Elvis was just like at this young age, just wanted to make music. And here's this dude being like, I need you to have a lot of black influences. I need you to have rhythm. I need you like building him. And so that's crazy. Like it, he just wanted to go in and sing. And this dude had an ulterior motive. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. This yeah. is how you're going to be. This is how we're going to market you. I could not imagine being Elvis. I could never imagine one day walking in his fucking shoes. No. That's insane. That it's is really crazy. In fucking insane. And so we think about, you know, Elvis and just how it ended. Obviously, he did not have a pleasant ending. He did take a deep turn, um, you know, and started getting into, you know, addiction and, my God. I mean, it it just, it happened. All of this, um, you know, all this went down and, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just floored. It's, it's crazy. I can, I'm like jumping all over the place. It really is crazy when you just think about 
the ways that his life took these turns, right? So it's like he's right. over there in Sun Studios. Like he's like, okay, now you're going to shoot to stardom. Obviously, we are not going to cover every aspect of Elvis's life uh, because we don't have a full podcast that's just devoted to Elvis. Um, but <laughs> right, no, <laughs> you think about no you know, his trajectory. And so I think about after Sun Studios, you know, he was on, of course, Ed Sullivan in 1956. That changed not only music forever, that changed Elvis's life forever. It changed America forever. Yeah. And yeah. On that episode, it was his music and his image was just just music in general and imagery was uh, come together, was married for the American public, just in a way that it had never literally happened before. Nobody knew what to do with it. Right. You can see, definitely watch the segment. It's women fainting in the audience, just losing their minds. Elvis and his gyrating hips uh, were censored and only filmed above the waist. Um, so we go back to Beale Street, like, where did he take that from? Okay, he's going to take these moves. He's going to get filmed like this. <laughs> this is all you can do. This is all you can do, Elvis. But it's electric to watch. They did four songs that night, including Don't Be Cruel and Half uh -huh. Dog. So you can check that out, readily available on YouTube, because you got to imagine this is the first time people were basically seeing rock and roll in primetime on their televisions, period. Yeah. Dude, that, that shook the nation, man. For yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, man, I am just like, whoa. Like, they, you know, the generation would be like, where were you when you saw the Ed Sullivan show? Where were you when you saw Elvis for the yeah, first time? Totally. You know, this, this is a big deal, dude. Again, like, I have my feelings, but he, I dissing him. He's a star. Crazy, he right? Everything he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, this is not my jam. And so somebody that is my jam, a hundred percent my jam, our jam, our jam, yeah, yeah, our jam is David Bowie, yeah. and David Bowie and Elvis actually share the same birthday. I'm real big into birthdays, astrology, and all this good stuff. I find it crazy. They were both born on January eighth. Elvis was born in thirty five, so and nuts. Bowie was born in 47. I also find it weird because I always like to like make comparisons, right? Because if you're born on the same day, you probably kind of living, you have similarities. Cool. Well, both of them had a Tom in their life. Bowie Tom. had major Tom, yeah. you know, and yeah. then Elvis had Colonel Tom. I think yeah. Bowie got the better <laughs> end of the deal. Yeah. Military Toms. They had military Toms that shaped their lives. You know? What the fuck? Weird, right? Anyway, doo -doo 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 -doo, Twilight Zone. But, um, and Bowie has his own share of controversy around him. This is just the time people, this is like, seriously, yeah, you know, the civil rights movement was real. So we have to bring that up front a hundred percent. Um, you know, and something along that line, just America in general, it is a Sundance film, um, was made in 2017 where I had quoted, um, Chuck D and his lyric there is, and I don't know, there's a lot of different stars that talk about Elvis and his life. And one of them actually gives him a good metaphor saying Elvis was, is the American dream coming from nothing, building tons of wealth, um, a lot of fame, a lot of love, and then also going down on the deep end. And the, the quote is basically saying, you know, if Elvis is the American dream, well, we're about to OD because that's how unfortunately Elvis passed. He OD'd. Um, and, you know, like we're kind of like in that fat Elvis stage right now, meaning that things in America aren't that great, you know? Um, and so that's, uh, you know, I know it's pretty heavy just in general, but um, check that out. 
And yeah, uh, it's really good. It's really good. Sorry, it's called The King. So yeah, The King. Absolutely. So I definitely check that out and just hear different people's awesome. perspectives. And especially for those folks that grew up with him, like my mom grew up with him. And I, yeah. You know, and so, and like we, again, we talk about artists that I grew up with and I'm like, oh my God, you're not, you're not my flavor. You're not my jam. Um, I wouldn't want to have coffee with you, but yeah, cool. which is something though, you know? Yeah, exactly. I feel, like, I feel like that's important though, as we like look and think about, it's like, okay, we have this documentary where Elvis mirrors what the American dream was and wasn't. And you just think about everything we've just talked about and it's really profound, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. So y'all, it's called The King. Check it out, man. I definitely want to watch this documentary um, for sure. And I am going to watch the movie uh, about him because it's about music, man. Again, it's about music. I love it. I love rock and roll history. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just not a fan of his music. Yeah, can't wait to watch the Baz Luhrmann movie. I think it's going to be it's really fascinating. good. Yeah, I've heard it's a lot of very great cinematography too. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited for it. So if folks are finding us after watching that movie, hello and welcome. And we do hope you'll stick with us for the future. We're a member of the Pantheon Network and you can listen to other great music podcasts too. If you liked this one, I think you'll probably like the other music podcasts um, on our network. Yes. We're, we're gratified to be a member um, of that you can support us by just, uh, you know, writing a little five-star review on iTunes. You can also do it at podcasts or even good pods, which uh, helps our visibility a lot. And we also do have some Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes gear at stephaniestalktunes.com. We got every kind of little piece of merch you probably could think of. So support <laughs> us either way. We appreciate the listens. We appreciate the listens. We're not going to ever charge you for things. We appreciate the listens. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, thanks. Talk tuners. This has been quite a session. Um, love it. And, uh, you know, um, we'll see you in two weeks, but until then, if you want to talk to us, please reach out to us on the socials. You can find us on IAG FB and TikTok at Stephanie's talk tunes. And then on Twitter, our handle is at Stephanie's talk. And of course you can always reach us via email stephanie's talk tunes at gmail.com i know that a lot of folks here probably have a lot of opinions on elvis have a lot of love for elvis so let's let's talk dude let's talk i mean i put myself out there it is what yeah. it is i'm the unpopular opinion don't care let's <laughs> this is <laughs> this have is, all opinions. Uh, exactly and uh, i mean regardless you know just to tie this up i mean elvis is definitely a big part of the history of rock and roll um yeah, totally. and yeah and you know period and he earned everything that, you know, he earned it. So I think Elvis is going to leave the building now. Stephanie's going to leave the building. It's time for me to leave. Kenya's out. The Stephanie is also going to leave the building. Bye, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.